0: It's Monday. Let's go. Locked on Wolverines podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And we have a lot to talk about. Let's. We're going to start out talking about the Michigan basketball game. Michigan lost at Ohio State. Ended up not being close at all. Really disappointing uh, the way that that game ended up going. Uh, we are going to break that down a bit, uh, so we will get to that. And then we're going to continue beating a dead horse. Why? That means yes, fan base stuff. Why? Why are we doing that? Because uh, some stuff happened yesterday, and I just feel like again, I know most of you don't do it, but for the few that listen to this, because these are my followers on Twitter that are doing this, or on Facebook. So there's clearly people out there that probably listen to the show and say, you know what? I'm going to continue doing this. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to spend a little bit of time on that. Not near, not 14 minutes like we did last time. But uh, I'm just going to go over a couple of different, you know, similar vein, different things of uh, the, the don't do this and the effects that it has. And then we're going to talk about the NFL Combine. Uh, now that that's com- concluded, we're going to discuss – what some of the Michigan guys did, who's helped themselves, who hasn't helped themselves, that type of stuff. But let's start out talking about the Michigan basketball game. Michigan loses 77-63 to 63 in Columbus, 14-point loss, only made 14 points because of the late three, with time basically expiring by Franz Wagner. Just another, ugh, it, it, basically the same game as uh, Wisconsin, except for Michigan was in the running in this one. Until late. Really, really disappointing. Uh, you look at that the scores that some of these guys got. Not great. They shot not very well in the first half. 38.5% from the field. 23.1% from three. Second half, a, a, a lot better. 50% and 30.8% from three. But then you had Ohio State. Didn't shoot much better overall. 47.4%. But they hit 52.4 percent from three dwayne Washington jr five of seven from three finished with 20 points could not miss they did a pretty decent job not letting Caleb Wesson beat them 14 total points but even he went four or five from three they're big man I know he he's he's pretty decent at it but not great. And on the other end, you just had a bunch of guys that just couldn't get things going. Franz Wagner was your bright spot. Seven of 12 overall four from eight from deep. Uh, Xavier Simpson went six for 10, 12 points. Um, Didn't go to the free throw line. They did a good job with their free throws for the most part. Six of eight. Uh, They, uh, the only one that missed was Brandon Johns Jr. Missed two. Colin Castleton, David DeJulius and John Teske drained all their, their, free throws. But other than that, I mean, Isaiah liver is going two for 11, both of those being three pointers. total for six points, three total rebounds. Rebounding was bad, even though they were pretty much even 30, 30 rebounds to 32 from Ohio state, but their second chance points just crushed them. It just seemed like every single play Ohio state got a second chance. I don't have that in front of me. What their second chance points were, but um, well, now I'm seeing it. But it says they only got five, but uh, it felt like more because they were constantly. Some of those second chance points killed them. Whenever they, it seemed like they were getting close. They'd get that second chance. They'd get that offensive rebound, and a couple of those, like that one, Caleb West and bank three. Both of his threes, two of his threes were Banks, but um, I think I'm looking at the wrong thing. Second chance points. It says they both got five, yeah. But still, I mean, it was bad. It was real bad. Defensively, couldn't guard the three-point line. Didn't go well at all. You got to be better early before a guy gets into rhythm. It's a similar deal with Dwayne Washington, and Dimitri Trice. They were hitting threes that they had no business hitting. But that's the big difference. You had 11 threes that they hit. They went 11 for 21 overall. 52.4%. Imagine if they get half that. Imagine that half of those are twos. Say say they have they have six threes and uh five twos instead. I mean, it's not fully the difference in the game, but considering the ebb and flow, it very well could have been. Now, like we were going into the final four-game stretch thinking that they were they had a chance to win three of four, now it might only be one of four. Because they've, I mean, it could be 0 for 4 if they don't figure out what, what, what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. And if you're not getting anything from anyone, that's the problem with, with the fact that anyone can kill you On this team offensively, they need more from the guys that they expect. Isaiah Livers with six points. If he's going to be in the lineup, he's going to have to have more than that. John Teske needs to figure out what he's going to do. One rebound for John Teske. Got boxed out like every time. John Teske has eight points. Fine. That's that's not the be-all, end-all, but it's a terrible stat line. Three for eight. One rebound, eight points, three turnovers. You can't do it. You just can't. Uh, Austin Davis, again, four for four, eight points, but he had three turnovers, one rebound. They just need more rebounding. Franz Wagner led with 10 rebounds. His effort has been phenomenal. They need to continue to find that and do that. Just more. Um, it's it's I mean at least you got a struggling Nebraska team coming coming home coming to coming to Ann Arbor on Thursday. you got some time to regroup. remember who you are and then take that on the road to Maryland. They pointed out in the broadcast Michigan's had more success than most on the road in the big ten. Maryland's is not impervious to a loss. We've seen them lose. Michigan is just out of sorts. And when you have your starting five, I know they're not fully 100% healthy, but if you have your starting five, it should be better than what they gave. Ohio State just might be that team like Michigan State was last year that just has the kryptonite, has the style of play that just doesn't mesh well with what Michigan does. We know Michigan's better than this. It just has to prove it. Better now than in a couple of weeks, though. Put it that way. Better now than two weeks from now. Better now than three weeks from now. So hopefully they can find their way back. All right. We will move on here in a moment. Again, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Andrew Ellison at Golan Chrysler Jeep Ram in chelsea again not a paid ad but i am loving my new dodge durango aka murder bus so much uh it's it's the coolest car it was such a pain-free experience again if you're in search for a new car used car go check out my guy andrew he's awesome uh up at goling chrysler jeep ram in chelsea All right. So, before we get to NFL combine, it's in the books. Michigan players did what they did. Uh we'll talk about who's helped themselves out the most in the combine uh here momentarily, but uh, before we get to any of that, uh, I want to talk about uh want to talk about some some fan stuff again. I know, I know. But uh yeah, it's just continues to happen and annoy me and I'm tired of it. And the reason why it annoys me is because it's like, it's counterproductive to you people who are out there deciding. Now, let me give you some context. Now I tweeted out a PSA yesterday and I posted it on my Instagram story as well saying like, if you're a Michigan fan and you feel like you have some not good things to say about Michigan, don't reply. Like, there's one thing if you reply to an article that I post on Twitter and you untag the recruit that's tagged in it for his own personal sake. That's one deal. It's another, like, I mean, why are you even doing it? I understand, Michigan fans, you're frustrated. You haven't beaten Ohio State. You're not, like, it's funny because there was also the argument that I got on. I'll flesh this out a little bit more here in a moment. But also on Facebook this morning, I had someone complaining that Michigan's not targeting the level of recruit that they want. and You know, they're not wrong when they say that, you know, national championship winners tend to have the highest end recruiting classes. Michigan's had those, though. But they've had a lot of attrition in the ones that they've had, 2016, 2017. Not a lot of those classes left. 2018 wasn't as high. We'll see what happens with 2019 and 2020. But, I mean, 2020 is not as laden. But, at the same time, it's like, how do you expect Michigan to go out and get those high-level recruits if you're tagging them, essentially, whether you're doing it directly or responding to something they are tagged in, talking about how much Michigan sucks. This kid that, that I wrote the article on, Caden Saunders, I talked to him for six, seven minutes yesterday. Just visited Michigan. He's a 2022 kid. He's an athlete. Uh, Michigan's recruiting him at White out. Does not yet have an Ohio State offer. He lives 15 minutes away from Ohio State's campus, Westerville, Ohio. And he grew up an Ohio State fan. But he acknowledged, and it's quoted in the article, Ohio State is recruiting him as a defensive back, and he is not going to play defensive back, he said. He said, the future, my future is on the offensive side of the ball. On top of it, Everything he said sounded like he like everything he said to me sounded like it was coming straight out of a Michigan pitch. I asked, "What's most important thing to you?" He says, "I am looking for a to make a 40-year a decision, not a 4-year one. I'm looking for life beyond football. I'm looking at academics. My mom's a teacher. Academics are the most important thing to me." That is a kid that screams I'm destined for Michigan or Notre Dame. And yet you got a guy out, out there and I know, I, I know there's people out there that they, they sit there and they say, my voice doesn't matter. Guess what? Your voice does matter because it's not just the kids that see these things. It is the kids that see these things. It's also the parents and how do you think a kid's going to feel? He's like, "You know what? I'm thinking about Michigan. I want to I I am in Ohio State territory, knee deep in it." And all he sees from Michigan fans is negativity? You think he's going to pick Michigan? Do you think his parents, who probably are also big Ohio State fans, are going to let him pick Michigan if all the responses to Hey, this guy's strongly considering Michigan and Michigan fans are like, well, coaches can't develop him. He's not coming here. This place isn't right for him. To some degree, fans are just as much a face of the program as the program itself, because you're the ones that they interact with, whether you want that, you want it to be, that that's the case or not you have to take inventory of that if you want Michigan to beat Ohio State yes guess what they need recruits they're going to determine the recruits they're going to figure out who they want they're doing a really good job if there's one thing Michigan's doing an awesome job at it's identifying talent early no less finding a 2022 guy like him they offered him back in September. The argument that I had on Facebook was about Pat Coogan, who's a three star. He's one of Michigan's top targets. He's an offensive lineman. He's being courted by all kinds of big schools. Ohio State is one of them. I don't believe he has the offer, but they're recruiting him. He's in their they're in their top five right now but I I need to remind you, people who say don't want, he's a three-star, the recruiting rankings are not finalized. Teams that win the national championships aren't the ones that win the recruiting rankings a year before they're finalized. They're the ones who identify the talent, and sometimes, a lot of the times, once, once those guys go through camps, they make big rises. Happens all the time. Giles Jackson, at this point, in his, you know, a year out from his signing day, was a very low-rated three-star, like a thousandth in the country. Then he went to the opening, and opened everyone's eyes. Became a top twenty-four-seven prospect. Became a a four-star. Was highly courted after that. It happens all the time. So who do you want? You want the guy that is moving up that timeline, moving up through, you know. Getting better as it goes along, that's what you want. Need I remind you, Devin Bush was I believe it was Rivals, had Devin Bush rated as a three star. I have to look that up. Someone did. Uh you want a guy that's gonna come in and just roll one, you know, take the coaching, get better, get better, get better. And it was four star to rivals. Don't remember exactly which one had him as a three star. Someone did. As I always thought it was weird. Twenty four seven Sports did my old employer. Three star, four hundred and eighty in the country. Guess what? Ranks lower than Pat Coogan. That. Listen, I worked for a recruiting service for three years. I believe in the rankings. I also believe that they don't get to see everybody. And you're trying to make it's an inexact science in the sense that you're trying to figure out who is the best now and and what their potential is on top of it, how they're going to take to everything. You don't know right off the bat that that's going to be exactly what they end up being. How many of you out there are underwhelmed by Shea Patterson? Underwhelmed by Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashawn Gary, Jabril Peppers? All I hear about those guys is complaints. They're all five stars. So you're also complaining about getting three stars. Some of Michigan's very good players recently have been three stars. I know Josh Metellus gets a lot of hate because of the blown coverage against Penn State, the dropped interception against Ohio State in 2017, but Josh Metellus was a rock for Michigan at safety. He was very good. Not saying he was elite, but he was very good. And he was, a, he was a two-star at the time he committed. At some point, you have to trust the evaluations of the staff. You just do not saying trust every single evaluation but like not every player is created equal and when you're out there on social media impugning a guy, whether you have him tagged or you don't you don't think that Pat Coogan isn't like potentially seeing that article like hey look there's the article of me on Facebook posted by that that's outlet that I talked to. Sweet. I'm going to, I'm going to take a look and see what people have to say about me and see someone saying that he's not good enough to come to Michigan. Again, I want to remind you, if you're in your job, if you're trying to do live your dreams, whatever those might be, if people are coming to you in one way or another and telling you that you suck, how do you respond? You might shrug it off, but it probably sits there in the back of your head to some degree. So just have to think before you do things. And if you sit there and say I just want Michigan to be better. Guess what? What you're doing is actively not helping. You're actively trying to hurt. Because what let's what if that kid, the one down in Columbus is planning is thinking I'm going to come to Michigan and he sees those types of idiots. I'm not, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Idiots saying this type of stuff. And ultimately gets the opposite from the hometown crowd saying, like, listen, we want you. And he ultimately goes to the place where he feels more love from the fan base because he's a Columbus kid, you know, living right there, gets to be a hometown hero. You just made his decision that much easier. And he goes and kills you when he plays against you. Guess what? You had a a part of that. Michigan can do so much, but like I said before, I've talked to recruits. They pay attention to what fans tweet at them, tweet about them. They notice. And if you want to sit there and say, hey, everyone does it, and it's a pressure cooker and whatever, I I, I don't know of anyone that eats their own the way that Michigan does at this point. I understand. It's frustrating being in the position Michigan's in. It doesn't get better. By you going out there and spouting off at recruits. It does not. It doesn't get better by you going out there and spouting off against current players. None of it helps. And if as much as you might sit out be out there sitting there saying, I my voice doesn't matter. I have thirty followers on Twitter. Guess what? I'm here to tell you it does matter. I'm here to tell you that they do notice. This isn't conjecture. This is reality. This is straight from guys' mouths. So just be better. I'll stop talking about it when people stop doing it. All right, let's talk combine here in a moment. have a couple minutes to talk Michigan and the NFL combine. Uh I do want to add one more quick thing about the topic we were just talking about. I feel like it's egged on by I'm not going to name any of them, but the negative outlets that are out there that paint everything as doom and gloom. We need to get out of this idea that if you're you ain't first you're last. I know it's frustrating It's been a long time since Michigan's beaten Ohio State. It's been a long time since Michigan's won a Big Ten, and those are things that Michigan fans are used to. But it's the nature of sports. It could be so much worse, and for anyone who doesn't think it could be worse, look at all the professional teams in Metro Detroit. All of them are terrible. Think back to 2008. The only reason why people weren't fully jumping off of cliffs in Ann Arbor was because there was the promise that it was going to get better. At worst, maybe Michigan is what it is. I have my issues with some some of the things they do as well. Like I said before, I, I can't necessarily tell you about them. But a lot of the issues that people have, them taking three stars, I think it depends on the three star and when they're interested in them. If it's a like late reach, it's a little bit different than it being a top target early on. All right, let's move on. NFL Combine is in the books. A lot has happened. A couple guys had some real big breakout performances, as expected on some cases. Some were maybe a little bit more surprising. Unfortunately, a couple of the guys that I really wanted to see do some things did not do anything, really, of note. Um, Guys that I feel like really needed to come in and do really just a lot. Um guy like Josh Uche, Mike on Wenyu. These were guys that I felt like needed to be able to come in and uh and make that impact. Uche didn't do anything except for bench press. I think uh on Wenyu only did bench press. I was kind of surprised Uche only got 18 reps up. But uh he's graded pretty high by the uh by the NFL Lance Zerline seems to have an issue with a lot of uh a lot of the Michigan prospects but he has Josh Uche at 6.26 without even participating uh that's a good backup who could become starter range on the verge of being with will be starter within first two seasons he's right there um so he's got to he he's got to show out in Michigan's pro day on the 13th this month uh he's got a hurt hamstring which is why he didn't participate Michael on Wenyu, I'm not sure why he didn't participate, but he didn't, um, other than the bench press. He put up 26 reps. Um, I disagree with Lance Zierlein, who says he can be a step slow getting out of his stance um, and lacks desire level of range as run blocker. I, I, I I don't think that that's necessarily the case. But, you know, Lance Zierlein is trying to scout hundreds of players and come up with a snap judgment. But uh I I I think that those were two guys that could have really helped themselves. Um I understand why Uche decided to wait till his pro day, but there's nothing that will get you visibility like being able to go at the combine, so it's unfortunate that he had a hurt hamstring. But a couple guys really helped themselves, I think. Uh Donovan Peoples Jones, uh 7th in the records overall uh from and the vertical jump with a 44 and a half the, the record was Gerald Sensabaugh, who in 2005, I think he had 47, maybe it was 46 and a half, but it was somewhere around there. Uh, there's a couple others that have had 40, 44 and a half, and there's some that have had 45 and 46. But uh, really, really good showing there. Uh, upper percentile on like kind of across the board. Uh, Next Gen Stats, which is the NFL analytical arm. Uh, had him as uh, showing elite athleticism post combine. That's their that they said. The other guy that they said was elite just off the top. Like we talk about Isaiah Simmons and what from Clemson and what he did in the combine, running a blazing fast 40, uh, just athleticism off the charts, especially for his size. Kalik Hudson, really impressed 30 bench press, three reps on the press branch. Wow, can't speak. 30 reps on the bench press. Um, also had a had a really good 40 4.56 uh and he got an elite grade from next gen stats as well those are two guys who immensely helped their draft status they're two guys that Lance Zierlein had as being either priority free agent or backup special teamer somewhere around there like he had he had people's jones being free agent type and, uh, or I think I have this backwards. You had Khaliq Hudson, I believe is free agent type and people's Jones is a special teamer backup type. I think that they both like people's Jones probably cemented himself as a second round pick. I think he probably, cause his athleticism being off the charts, there's going to be teams that look at him and say like, all right, this guy is going to be able to do something special. Like they're going to look at, what Michigan's Michigan's offense being in transition, Shea Patterson having uh, a significant injury, uh, which it was more significant I found than what uh, what people thought. By the way, like Shea, Shea Patterson having a significant injury uh, throughout the the first half of the season, and this the fact that. W- you didn't have all the tools necessary to help people's Jones thrive. Now yet he had, he, he had a lot of self created issues. The drops were something that Lance Zierlein mentioned as well, but NFL execs are going to look at him and salivate and say, we're going to teach him how to do the things he needs to do. So those are two guys that severely helped themselves. Uh, Shea Patterson. I feel like probably kept around the same. He's probably a late second day pick. I still think that he's, somewhere around where someone's going to take a chance. We'll see if that happens. Pro day is going to be pivotal for him. But, I mean, he's shown that he can take over games. He did it for Michigan. I know Shea, Shea haters don't want to admit that, but he did it. First Michigan quarterback in history to have three 300-plus-yard games in a row. Um, Metellus showed some speed, ran a 4-5-something, I think he helped himself. Lavert Hill did really well on the bench press. I think pretty much everyone helped themselves. Cesar Ruiz did really well as well. I don't think anyone hurt themselves that got to participate in everything. Um, hopefully Sean McCune will do really well in the, in the pro day. I think that's incumbent upon him. But uh, I I think there's a lot to like coming out of it. There will be more in Wolverines way. we're out of time. We'll get to more later. Uh, we hope to get back into the swing of everything here five days a week. Hopefully, uh, we've got a lot to talk about all week this week. So let's let's try it. Let's see what we can do. So for the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Find the podcast at on Wolverines. Wolverine's Wire, Wolverine's Wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, again, email me at ihole at usatoday.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com where we post our daily podcasts every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football and basketball coverage. This was On Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.